In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop story. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. Hello, welcome back to Issues Week on the Politically Georgia podcast. But we're joined today by James Salzer, the AJC Statehouse veteran, to discuss the issue of education in the Georgia governor's How's it going, James? Good, good. So you surprised to hear that both candidates proclaim themselves to be uh, the, the best? Educa- education governor. The education governor. Although Stacey Abrams has somewhat of a nuance. She always says, I'm not just going to be the education governor. I'm going to be the public education governor uh, because she wants to sort of... Well, what does she mean by that? Yeah, she wants to distinguish herself <laughs> from Brian Kemp, who talks a lot about this private school tax credit that is now valued about $100 million in Georgia. Right, and he want, I think he wants to double it, if I remember correctly. He's talked about doubling it. I asked him the other day if he still supports that. He, he said he's, he, he's you know, reviewing it, but he, he likes it at $100 million. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cl- this is pretty classic uh, public versus private um, governor's race and on, on school choice. I mean, the, um, uh, Stacey Abrams and her supporters are not big on—I shouldn't say school choice— are they're they're not big on taxpayer money going to um, private schools, and uh, that's and that has been kind of the uh, the direction we're heading in the legislature on um, on the private school scholarship issue. I mean, we're the year after year the same debate um, in the legislature. Last year, it actually passed. The legislation actually passed to increase the student scholarship uh, tax credit. Essentially. Um, you get a uh, tax credit for uh, donating to one of about 20 or 25 student scholarship organizations, they're called. Um, and then those student scholarship organizations uh, provide scholarships for students to attend private schools. Um, it's an um, incredibly unregulated um, entity in that in that it is a tax credit and there's very little reporting that gets done on um, what happens with this money um, other than that it goes to the student scholarship organizations who then um, who then provide scholarships on the other hand it's incredibly popular with parents who have children who um, whose whose parents think, well, my child gets so, so much better education, or they they fit in so better, so much better at these private schools. So they're they're it, it's very they're very passionate. I've talked to a number of parents over the years, probably fifteen or twenty uh, parents who have had these for various stories, and um, there's no doubt that they're very passionate about and and they you know think this is a great thing. Um, 
Republican legislators have pushed, first got this approved about, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. And I've been trying for years to kind of expand it, expand the amount of money that goes into it. Um, last year, it, it passed, as you remember, became an issue in the in the, yeah, let's talk <laughs> and, in the runoff, the governor's runoff. And this is this is probably one of their bigger distinctions when it comes to they have they have broad distinctions, but on this particular program, and the shorthand for it is SSO. Um, and Stacey Abrams said one of the first things she would do if elected governor get rid is, of it. is get rid of it and use – now it's up to $100 million. She says that's $100 million that can go into expanding Medicaid, right. which right. is her other right. one of her other major right. priorities. Where Brian Kemp is perfectly happy with it at the $100 million mark. And he points to how, as you mentioned, it's wildly popular. The private schools market them. Um, families end up snapping these tax credits up. Almost as soon as as as, right. uh, as they go I mean, on, they're sale. promoting them. You know, six months before they can actually get them. Exactly, um, and so this did come up in a major way. The the cap was about fifty five million, if I remember. Fifty eight million. Fifty eight yeah. million dollars um, coming into this legislative session, um, and near the end of the session, uh, a lot of Republican leaders, including Lieutenant Governor Casey Cagle, who was running for governor, got behind it pretty quickly. And uh, it ended up passing in, in, to, in expanding the cap to $100 million. Later on, we found out maybe the reason why. Um, Clay Tippins, if you recall, was a candidate for governor who finished in fourth place in the May primary. He secretly recorded Casey Cagle uh, talking about a lot of issues over 90 minutes. But one of the things he narrowed in on is Tippins said, why did you support this tax credit bill? It just seems like a... You know, a, a giveaway, essentially. Casey Kegel said, I had to because this out-of-the-state, outside organization called the Walton Foundation was going to pump $3 million into another candidate, Hunter Hill's campaign, if we didn't expand those SSO program. So it quickly became a hot-button issue where he also admitted that he didn't even, you know, he, he, he was also uncomfortable with it. He thought it was bad legislation in his words, yet he still... I think uh, he su- I think he supported the SSO concept. I, I think he just said expanding. he just. I mean, yeah, you were we're talking about a major expansion, almost doubling the amount of money going into it, um, and really, this all happened very quickly. I mean, as it it do, does every year, um, it, it wasn't like there was a debate for forty days of legislative session. Hey, should we go up to hundred million on the SSO program? Um, so a lot of this stuff happens at the last minute. I think he, I th- if, and again, I'm interpreting what he said, but I think that's what he was talking about. I don't think he necessarily was like against SSOs. Yeah, I agree. We kind of got a peek behind the curtain there too, though, about how these 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 negotiations go until the very final days. And um, he he had he he was a supporter of SSOs overall. Um, but yeah, he was very. It seemed like he was very uncomfortable with with expanding it. And by the way, the Walton Foundation has denied any sort of plan to spend three million dollars. And by in, the way, the Walton Foundation is Walmart. Is Walmart's family yeah. too? But they say they had no role in it. Uh, either way, we have Kemp, who is a supporter of the existing program and might want to expand it, and Abrams, who says the first thing she'll do is eliminate it. So it's a pretty distinct. Uh, there are pretty yeah. opposite sides. But on it's really yeah. It's but it's really. Uh, um, I mean, you go back. You, from before this even started, that uh, before excuse me before the SSO program started, it real that really is the kind of those are bedrock issues for Republicans and and Democrats. Democrats are going to are are essentially going to always say, uh, or most of the time are going to say, um, 
I'm for public education. I'm for the, um, the government to support uh, public schools where everyone can go. Um, I'm, ag- I'm against the government putting tax money into private schools who can select students or, you know, wh- whatever the reasons. Um, and, and you have Republicans who have long said the, the, that the, the money that, the, the, I mean, essentially the argument is that the money that um, goes towards public education, the, the parents should have the decision in this. And the parents should be able to take that money. And, um, and, when, and they, in fact, they've had legislation to do that. They've had legislation that essentially would allow parents to take, um, and it hasn't passed yet, um, but take take money that would go towards uh, sending their children to public school and paying for private school education instead. And we've got both candidates who are also on the same page, at least they're saying they're on the same page, over another fundamental issue, which is fully funding and updating the Quality Basic Education Act formula that basically dictates how schools get state funding. Uh, this has been an issue ever since the bill passed yep. for the first time in 1985. Uh, it was a big issue in Governor Deal's re-election campaign, um, and it's very hard to fully fund it, as it turns out. Yeah, and, and you know, it's it's interesting that that you know, I think I think everybody who's in office and running for re-election this year um, uh, loved the fact that we that this year, for the first time in at least fifteen years, um, that Governor Deal and the, and the General Assembly was able to come up with the money to fully fund the formula for the first time in you know a long time. Um, the problem, if you're the next governor, is you got to keep it there. You got to keep it there, and there's, it costs, you know, it costs uh, uh, billions of dollars to fully fund schools in this state. And so, if if a recession hits, or if there's something where they can't fully fund it, the next governor is the one who's going to get blamed for that. Yeah, it was only because of a strong, robust economy that Georgia is able to fully right. fund the QBE program for the first time in more than a decade. And it's something that came up a lot in last the last campaign where Jason Carter was always, you know, attacking um, Governor Deal for for not fully funding it. And Governor Deal often said that, well, the, the formula is kind of rigged. He didn't use the word rigged, but he said the formula is outdated. It needs to be updated. Both these candidates also talk about updating it. Um, Stacey Abrams is more specific when she says it needs to be updated. She says that uh, schools in poverty-stricken areas, schools with, with lower-income families need more resources. And she talks about wraparound services uh, that include mental health, uh, dentist, health care services and providers, um, where uh, sort of a community schooling model where yeah. you can get health care as well. That's well, and she's also, I mean, her, her I think maybe her most expensive um, uh uh, program um, would be kind of expansion of child care for um, parents in Georgia. Uh, government, excuse me, the state helping uh, through uh, various means of provi- making sure children are in child care. And she sees that as kind of the beginning of education. Um, and she's saying essentially uh, that all uh, research shows that if a child starts at four or five in school, uh, that may be too late in their their um, development um, that they should actually be getting help before that. So I mean, she's her um, she's got a long you know she's starting very early and and going all the way through college I think. And she wants to expand pre K eligibility, right? Um, and also yeah, exactly, uh, cradle to career. She wants to also um, make tech school tuition free and expand opportunities for, on a higher education level. 
Um, Brian Kemp has got some pretty expensive proposals as well when it comes to schools. Um, we'll start with the second most expensive one, which is $90 million school safety plan. And this is in the wake of too many mass shootings and, and security threats at, at schools around the nation. You know, a big part of this program, and this is modeled after uh, former Governor Purdue's graduation coach program, Kemp's plan would put a support counselor in, in a range of schools in Georgia, and they would be tasked with assisting and guiding students who are battling mental health issues, opioid abuse, violence in the home, bullying, and suicide. Um, so geared towards mostly older older students. Um, and mo- and these, these counselors would get paid pretty well at $67,000 each for salary and benefits. Um, so, uh, you know, decently paid. It's kind of an average, probably an average. I mean, with, with, with benefits and everything, it's probably close to the average. And, and also, um, each of Georgia's 2,300 or so public schools would receive a one-time allotment of $30,000 to use as they see fit for school security. That could be um, a help paying for uh, school police officers. It could be cameras, metal detectors, um, operational expenses, you name it. Right, right. I, I mean, in the legislature this year, um, right at the end of the session, uh, put a bunch of money into the state budget for this fiscal year for exactly that. I mean, it was the same kind of thing. They were they put money in for um, improvements that became being made to the school. Now, things like um, safety officer officers or something are, are obviously are not one time. You're not going to have you're not going to like pay them for one year and then say go. You know, thanks thanks for your work. Um, so this these are continuing costs. So I think this is mostly kind of hardware. Um, or software uh, to um, to help prepare better prepare the school, you know, safety wise. But I, I I think this is kind of a continuation of what the legislature did this year. And the other much bigger expense and and, and broader program that you're going to hear probably nonstop about through November is his plan to give all public school teachers a five thousand dollar permanent um, salary hike. Uh, Georgia's teachers are not right now in the middle of the pack. They're about uh, 23rd, 24th. But they're among the highest in the Southeast. They're among the highest in the Southeast. It's not number one, yeah. Uh, But their median pay is about Mm 55,000-ish. And this would immediately bump it up to about 60,000-ish. But it also cost at least, and $600 million is probably the floor, but at least $600 million and be a a tough legislative fight. Um, But he says that it's long overdue and it would help reduce uh, and help Georgia keep more teachers because the retention rate, according to a state study, is about 44% of Georgia teachers leave the profession after just five years. Right. And this, so, so this is an issue that, that um, uh, everybody can get behind intellectually and everybody can say, will say, sure, teachers need you know, pay raise. I don't know. I, don't, I haven't heard anybody come out and say, like, this is a ridiculous idea based on the, the merit of whether teachers should get a, a pay raise. Um, there will be plenty of um, hand wringing about the cost because the cost is um, is it, it's an astronomical hit to the state budget. I mean, you think about it; it's it's twice what um, at least at some estimates it's it's in fact it's more than twice what it would cost to expand Medicaid and put five hundred thousand give health insurance to five hundred thousand people, for instance. Um, so it it's. Um, it, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And it's also a very important issue for Georgia voters. Our AJC poll showed that three issues consistently rank among the top three for voters, economy, health care, and, of course, education. So you got two of them right there. Yeah, there we go. Well, thanks, James, for joining us. And 
for all of our listeners, that's all for this Issues Week episode. Stay tuned for the very next one. Coming to you shortly. You can head to AJC.com forward slash politics to subscribe to Politically Georgia, where you'll get access to our daily newsletter, along with all of our stories and updates on all things Georgia politics. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and rate us because we really appreciate your feedback. And as always, thank you for listening. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Our journalists at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution are working around the clock to keep you updated on all the developments surrounding the Trump indictment. Now the AJC is putting all of our coverage in one place with our new Trump 19 newsletter. Every Wednesday, you'll have our latest coverage and analysis on this historic case in your inbox. So sign up for free today at AJC.com slash indictment newsletter. That's all one word. AJC.com slash indictment newsletter.